What's up? Welcome to an awfully wonderful time. This is your favorite Heartless speaking, and the door has opened to Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to my Kingdom Hearts retrospective show, where we revisit the good, the odd, and the supreme darkness of the Kingdom Hearts series. Now come, open your heart. Alright, so in the last episode we talked about um, things that Kingdom Hearts 4 should try to improve on, where some of the other games in the series kind of fell short on or just you know just some nice constructive criticism and uh, especially in the character development uh, side of things but in the last episode of the retrospective we closed off the heart of traverse town discovered a whole world existing within the pages of a book that would later become simply a candy crush simulator in its most recent installment <coughs> kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> now for some, I'm sure it was fun for the Candy Crush fans out there. For me, uh, I wish we got something like the previous installments. Like, I think back to the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the version I grew up with, you know, gotta get up, gotta get going, I'm gonna see a friend tonight. Like, so good. But I remember an episode where they have to literally build a tower to the sky to stop it from flooding the 100-acre wood. Like, there was some kind of... It was really crazy. It was like a bunch of cloud shaped like faucets and all types of stuff. It was really wild. And uh, something like that or even like the Wild West one where all I remember is that there was a Wild West episode. <laughs> I need to rewatch those. I hope they're on Disney Plus as if I don't have enough to uh, as if I don't have enough stuff to watch. But I haven't even watched like the more recent stuff like Turning Red. I know that's weird. Usually I'm on top of that with the new releases. But anyway, by next episode, that will no longer be an issue because I know Turning Red is... I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. I have yet to hear anything bad about that movie. So, it's funny. I even started a fan art picture of it before even watching it. That's weird for me. Anyway, if you take a detour to the Coliseum for the Phil Cup, you can refight the guard armor pieces. And uh, winning that uh, Phil Cup... Grants you the power of gravity. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it makes sense. Instead of going the other way, why would you even go the other way unless you want to backtrack and get some other things, which is okay. And you want to level grind a little bit, which actually makes sense, especially if you're playing on the harder difficulty like I am. So, I guess from Traverse Town, going to Wonderland for a bit, going to Deep Jungle. Huh, that's actually a pretty decent idea for level grinding and just collecting stuff. Huh, anyway. Either way, you got to make yourself back to uh, the Coliseum, do the fill cups. I think it's pretty fun. And I, I just really like how often the guard armor has appeared throughout the series. I love how it's become a staple. But anyway, I actually miss gravity. I mean, in my current playthrough that I'm doing also while doing this retrospective, I'm using that more often. And it's not bad, honestly. It's actually pretty good for crowd control. Um, but you have a talk with Phil and Herc after you finish the Phil Cup, and they go over your progress. And Phil, as lovely as always, <clears throat> says, Kid, you've got a long way to go. And that the next cap, did I say cap? The next cup will be the real deal. 
<sighs> well, we'll be ready. Ugh. He ain't lying, though. I'm replaying. I mean, like I said, I'm replaying this game on the hardest difficulty. And, bruh, that final match can be a doozy if you're not careful. I mean, spoiler alert, but, I mean, dude, this game's 20 years old. And why are you listening to a retrospective if you haven't played the game yet? <laughs> anyway, then again, I'm not going to judge. I've done certain things like that before, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. So, yeah, no judging. Um, Yeah, it's Leon and Yuffie. And Yuffie is the crazy one because you know she can well we'll be talking about it when we get there but like she has the range with her shurikens and then she can heal herself really fast if you're not careful in this game i think there's only three bosses that heal themselves clayton her and then i want to say the phantom i could be wrong on that i don't think the phantom actually does heal himself Someone does. The Phantom's a good boss, though. I can't wait to talk about the secret bosses of, the, of these games. They were top-notch. They're just... Oh, man, I love them. Especially Kurt Ziza. He's, my, he's still, to this day, my all-time favorite secret boss of the series. But, yeah. I love how he just always addresses his story. He, he, never, he never really talks about Donald and Goofy's skill level. I mean, when he says Junior Hero, he says Junior Heroes. You know, he's clearly talking to all three, but... It's like, man, Sora and Donald just standing here like, okay, I guess we're just chopping liver here. All right, whatever. All right. So <laughs> um, it's interesting to think about the, 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 the first times I played this game and just going through these difficulty spikes like that, for instance. Bruh. But we'll get to that later. Um, now. It's time for some Arabian Nights. I wanted to sing that so bad, but that's going to be awful for me to do that. So heading over to the War Pole by the Coliseum, we are off. And there's actually one by Traverse Town, too. I don't remember where that takes you. But uh, as we go there, we finally make it through the, you know, the craziness of the gummy ship route. And then... I love, like, I don't have any complaints with any of the worlds, the display worlds in these games. I think they all look really good, well representative of what we're, what world we're going to. Like, you can't look at a world, if you're a Disney fan, like, I, there wasn't a time where I looked at a world and I'm like, what is that? You know, I, I always knew what world this was most likely going to be. Now, Deep Jungle, I wasn't sure, like, when I first played the game, I was thinking, oh, is this... This is either Tarzan or Jungle Book. Like, there were a few things in my head. But outside of that, like, the other places, I'm like, okay, I know what that is. I know that's, um, oh, yeah, that's Monstro from Pinocchio. That's Agrabah. That's Wonderland, you know. But, yeah, I, I always was a big fan of that. And when we get to the title screen, it is wonderful. Love the way the smoke comes out from the lamp and forms the logo. And you got the palace at the top. Funny how we never go to the palace, though. Like, the closest we get was the grounds uh, the grounds of it for the two, or excuse me, for the grounds of it in Kingdom Hearts 2 for the boss fight when we fight those twin Heartless. Ah, well, though. I mean, the Cave of Wonders is a nice compensation, though. You know, the little nice jingle that comes after that logo. And then we find ourselves with Jafar and Maleficent walking through the marketplace. She asks about the progress of the keyhole, and Jafar, with his never-ending confidence, 
states how without the or with the heartless searching for it, they are bound to find it. So that just leaves Jasmine. Iago perches himself on Jafar's shoulder, bringing him some bad news, for them at least, that he searched everywhere, but Jasmine is nowhere to be found. She's disappeared like magic. Hmm. Interesting. Now, we did lose Gilbert Godfrey this year, uh, 2022, the year of this recording, and man... I'm glad he reprised his role for this character, you know, in the TV show and these games. But it is always so odd. It feels weird sometimes seeing or hearing people who've passed, even if it's like before they passed. It's just like, wow. Like I was another this is off topic, but I was um, watching the show Comic Book Men the other day and a reoccurring guy on there had recently died, I think about a year prior, I think in 2021. And just seeing him, you know, all happy and healthy, it's just like, wow, it's just so wild. Even when Stan Lee uh, appears on the show too, the same thing. But anyway, oh man, that was a bum. That was a bummer of a topic. Anyway, the dialogue that happens here shows me that it's fairly clear that Maleficent has promised each villain things like ruling their respective worlds, or maybe even more than that, with the Heartless, to most likely using um, said power to stop their retrospective uh, enemies, or nemesis, uh, nemeses, like Aladdin, Jack Skeleton, um, Peter Pan, or something as simple as just giving them power if they help her. I'd imagine these were all like recent recruits too, which is a fun thing to consider. While we know Maleficent has been doing this uh, world conquering since the BBS days, I'd imagine it still takes some time to find the right hearts to qualify. I mean, we, we obviously see that since it's happening now, or the end of it rather is happening, and it's been about nine years since BBS, nine or ten years or so. So I'd imagine it took her about that time to find the rest, because in this game, she gets Alice, Jasmine, and Kyrie. Bell, I'd imagine, is still around the same time, too, because Beast is just getting to the castle when we get there. So that's about four of the seven, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. You just, I, I imagine it still take time to find the rest, uh, to, uh, to find the other three before this. So, and just going through the process of even finding ones that qualify in general. I mean, look what happened with um, Wonderland, or not Wonderland, Neverland. They thought Wendy was a possible candidate, but she wasn't. And that's what I mean, just going through the process of, um, what's it called? Elimination and something. But anyway... Uh, this would make for such a fun prequel comic or animation to see. I mean, heck, best case scenario, something we actually see in the game just for fun. A nice little backstory of how it was forming this Legion of Doom of villains and just figuring out the process of finding all these princesses of hearts. But here, I say it again. Did I say it again? I don't remember, actually. But anyway. Captain Hook is another great example. He flat out asks Riku what Maleficent is planning out of sheer frustration when they find out Wendy isn't the right one they need. 
Ursula doesn't even seem to mention anything of the sort. I mean, the most we got from her is promising Ariel to visit other worlds to help her, um, you know, quid quo pro, but instead tricks her and would instead try to send her to the world of the heartless instead, which, you know, it's a classic twist of uh, what she promised her. Her words, of course. But it makes sense for these villains, the way their characters are, the greed, hatred, etc. It blinds them to the bigger picture. Even a Maleficent falls victim to being a, a puppet, like she's strong the others. Man. Mind blown. So, Maleficent elaborates how they need all seven princesses, or the goal can't happen. Jafar summons more Heartless to help find Jasmine as he proceeds on. And then Maleficent warns him to not steep himself too deep in the darkness for too long. That the heartless consume the careless. And Jafar clearly is not, he, is, he isn't intimidated at all. He says, your concern is touching but hardly necessary. He says, does anyone smell a hint of romance in the air? I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> I feel like Jafar and Maleficent got something going on behind the scenes, you know. But, but yeah, we we get more foreshadowing here. Maleficent warning another fellow villain of how dangerous it can be to wield the darkness. It's interesting how she only interacts with mainly just Jafar and Hades at their homeworlds outside of that whole Legion of Doom thing they got when they're all kind of summoned together. The others. She's like, eh, it makes me think that maybe she cared or perhaps had just higher interest in them because of, well, they had higher potential for success because of their power scaling. I don't know, but just some thoughts. I mean, when you think about Captain Hook, he's he's just a normal guy with a hook hand and he has a, a pirate ship. You know, it's a vessel. Technically, it can travel, apparently travel through space. I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, You have Ursula, who. I mean, she 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 does have magical abilities, but her main she becomes a major problem when she has the trident. That's that's the thing. We yeah, basically. Um, and then when you got Jafar, of course, he's he's pretty powerful, even more powerful when he becomes a genie. But he's he, he stands. Mo I think he is. I would argue that Jafar is more powerful than Ursula even before the um genie thing now when he has when he is a genie and she has the trident i kind of feel like she, he's still stronger because you know unlimited cosmic power and we don't really i don't know do they ever really talk about how strong the trident really is like what all it can do in the little mermaid universe i don't, I don't really know i know it can do some things um but i don't know what all it can do i know it's pretty powerful but we'll we'll go from there uh, and then, of course, we got Hades, god of the underworld. I mean, that's that's enough to know how powerful he is. He's a, he's an actual god. So, yeah. Then you got Oogie Boogie, who's a a, a sentient sack of bugs. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can see why she would be more sided with Maleficent. Wow, her yeah herself, of course. More, <laughs> I can see why she would be more wanting to be. Well, I guess more watchful towards the the powerhouses of the of the group. So I don't know that. That's just something I kind of just thought of 
while we're editing this podcast. And that's what's so interesting to me about doing this project is that these thoughts kind of just drift around in my head and my subconscious because I have other friends who are fans of this series, but we never really have those sit-down sessions where we just rap about this. We like have these long podcast less uh, podcast like sessions where we just dive deep. And even on other podcasts, um, they've talked about things like this, but not in this particular way. So and that's what it's so interesting about each different podcast, whether it's uh, one person, a couple people. Um, yeah, we're, we're newcomers to the series, veterans of the series. It's all very interesting. So I, I like I liked thinking about that. All right. Now, panning away, we find Jasmine hiding behind some delicious looking watermelons. I don't care that these are PS2 graphic watermelons. I just want to bust one of those open right now. Seriously. Yeah, I don't know why I said that out loud. Anyway, <laughs> in the manga, one of the big bodies actually found her destroying the stand to get to her. But for now, she's safe. And we're getting closer to where I have currently been in the manga. Um, like I said, as we break through the first game, we're probably going to dive into the manga a bit more, so so I have more time to actually, you know, read it and actually, uh, what's it called, dissect it. So that's the current plan. So just talking about it here and there would be fun, and then going into it there, it'd be a bit more fun and less uh, congested, more so. But I don't know. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are podcasts out there where they break down both, which is I mean fun. And if you have the time, why not? But I feel like. There's so much difference. There's so there's so many different things, so much variety that happens in the manga as opposed to the game. I feel like you'd be doing it a disservice by not having it. Of course, discussing things here and there like I do, but I think talking doing a whole breakdown of it separately from the game is and vice versa is definitely needed because there's so much in it that is just so fun and you know that's why i love the manga so much as opposed to the light novels now the light the light novels are are interesting because in the kingdom hearts 2 one in particular that's the first one i read they do give you a nice little a little uh, bit uh, more description of what Namine was going through during the whole rebuilding of sora's memories and a little bit extra with Roxas, but since it is a light novel, they do skip out on a lot of stuff, though, which is such a bummer because, I mean, it is a light novel. And if they were to go through everything that the games did, it would be pretty thick. It'd be a pretty thick book. And, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be complaining. I would love to read a adaptation, a novel of these games because... These games could go, th or these books rather, could take a lot of things that may not have been able to work in the games for maybe financial reasons. Maybe they had to get cut off due to, cut out rather, due to time restraints, money restraints, whatever. And the books could handle it because, oh, okay, what would take the game like a couple thousand dollars to, to produce probably it would take a paragraph <laughs> to do. So I think it'd be kind of fun to do that, take advantage of that. And that's kind of 
why I'm a little bummed out about the light novels, because potential is kind of just lost. And don't get me wrong. I know producing these books is no small feat because even just a paragraph can take a while to write when you're trying to get it just right, especially when you are adapting something like this, which has a lot, a lot of content to it. And I'm sure when dealing with the companies, especially Disney, they had to write it a certain way. Otherwise, it was going to be a no go, certainly. But I don't know. I feel like, unfortunately, the light novels were a massive. Yeah, a a massive uh, lost opportunity. But the manga is fortunately still a very fun ride. And I cannot wait to dive into those. But like I said, yeah, after we finish Kingdom Hearts 1, we're going to go into the Kingdom Hearts 1 manga. And go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Which should be fun to do. Because um, I'll probably what I'll probably do is basically each episode will be a volume. And I'd imagine we get through the volumes pretty fast. Because there's not really too many volumes per uh, game. Because if I remember correctly, I have, I have three of the volumes right now. And it's at Agrabah. So I believe going by that... They'd probably finish the whole thing in like two more volumes. So that's what, five episodes? So pretty good, pretty good. All right. So let me see, where do we leave off here? Um, The big body, right, 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 right. Okay, so now we are free to roam the empty streets of Agrabah. But it makes sense, especially in this world, because you got Heartless running about. Who would be just chilling out on the streets? Because let me see here. So Deep Jungle, there's no one really there but Jane and them. And then there's mainly just animals. And we see some of the animals like the hippos and stuff, which is really fun. Uh, Wonderland, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like good explanations. I mean, the whole Heartless thing is a good explanation. But it's like a lot of this stuff kind of happens suddenly. So you figure there'd still be people running around. I mean, heck, look at Kingdom Hearts 2. And uh, with Hollow Bastion, we see people walking around in the opening uh, cinematic. And then we never see those people again. Fortunately, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Onward fixes this problem where there are people around where there should be people, typically. So, And plus, just limitations of the games at the time. Which is weird when you look at games like Jack 2 and 3 and Grand Theft Auto. But, eh. It's whatever. Each game has different engines and all this other stuff. And Kingdom Hearts had a lot of cutscenes and all these other things. So who knows? All the bells and whistles. But anyway, I'm not a game designer. So I can't really answer for certain things. And plus, it's an expensive game. They had so many voice actors and all that stuff coming in there. And I mean, now they can probably get away with doing a lot more stuff because... Disney is like, okay, yeah, we this makes money. <laughs> All right. So with this, we get to free Rome Agrabah for the most part. But it makes sense with the Heartless, like I said before. But I will say this. It's such a shame we never see the Sultan or even the guards excluding in Union Cross. Of all titles, we just get them there. That's, man, that's messed up. 
And in this game, I can see why we wouldn't see the Sultan, because the guards of no doubt, well, they'd be guarding him. Um, especially in this crazy time when Jafar is taking over the city, or has taken over the city, rather. But you can't tell me that he'd command at least a few of his guards to go and find, you know, his daughter. Um, I would have loved seeing some, some of them in the background, at, at the minimum, fighting off some of the heartless as we're going through the city, maybe them, maybe they're being chased around by the heartless or something, um, or like seeing them fighting as NPCs with us from time to time. Like we're just fighting a group, and they like you know hop in, take out a few, and then as we're finished, um, I don't know, maybe we get some bubble dialogue. Uh, shoot, I I mean I bet the Sultan would be out with the guards, refusing to sit idle idly by while her daughter is in danger especially knowing what Jafar is capable of. But I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I did forget one thing. As we proceed, Jasmine does go on to say that her father did get deposed deposed by Jafar, who now controls the city. So deposed, for those who don't know, I didn't know until I looked it up. I kept thinking she said disposed, and then I realized, wait, that means she would have probably killed him. Or, no, no, excuse me. That means that Jafar, you know, would have most likely killed him. So that's not really good um, or proper for the story. But, yeah, she said deposed, which means Jafar basically just overthrew him and took over the city. So, odds are him and the guards are probably just imprisoned in, the, in a jail cell in the palace. So, of course, that would explain why the guards aren't around doing their thing. Or, and, and plus, I don't, I wouldn't imagine them serving Jafar. Like, these, these guards, and they were kind of scummy, but I don't think they would, you know, back up. Or, excuse me, I don't think they would betray the Sultan just because Jafar is in power. Like, if I remember correctly, they didn't do that in Aladdin, the actual movie. So, mm, I don't know. I mean, the guards are iconic, especially the main one. And it just would have been fun to see them involved in this story to some degree, you know, at least in two where, you know, the game was on. Wow, it was pretty much just really doing good for itself. And they were at this point, you know, when Kingdom Hearts 2 came around, they were really they were really sure that, OK, people love this game series. This is really popular. We we have a bigger budget this time. We're coming to these worlds we're visiting these worlds twice for different stories or sometimes continuation continuations. So it's like, man, still no guards. And I got to tell you, I really don't think we're coming back to Aladdin at all anymore. I mean, for it's possible we'll be going back to Olympus because of the cutscene we saw. But Tetsuya did reveal in her interview, they kind of, you know, just threw stuff in there just to showcase like, OK, Disney or excuse me, Donald and Goofy were there. Just to showcase, hey guys, I know you were complaining and worried that we weren't going to be doing Disney stuff, but hey, there's Donald Goofy. Don't worry about it. And that was produced on um, the previous gaming engine, Kingdom Hearts 3's gaming engine, and now they're doing the new engine. So that stuff's been scrapped. It's just been using, it's just being used as a showcase, rather. So there's that, but I don't know. I think it's still possible. We may still see him, uh, see them in, uh, in uh, uh, the underworld, because it makes sense going after Hades, because you know they kind of think Sora's dead, but 
we'll see. Anything could change at this point. So I, when we go to Agaba, I, I do like how they made this puzzle out of Agaba, where we have to unlock gates to get around on varying levels, mainly because the main entries are all boarded up, probably because you know of the townspeople barricading it to keep the heartless out. And that's kind of sad thinking about, you know, the, the the freaking out they must have had just trying to keep everything out of this craziness. And after some exploring, we find Jasmine still hiding, but in a new area. Uh, she talks about how she was saved from Jafar by Aladdin. Uh, at first, she says him. Um, and got, I got to tell you, when I first read that as a kid, I'm like, wait, Jafar saved you from himself? What? What's going on here? But, you know. It, it was she, she meant to say Aladdin, but didn't say his name for some reason. Maybe she didn't know his name yet. I'm not wrong. But of course, of course, Jafar finally catches up to us asking, ah, where might I find this street rat? Sora tells Jasmine to run and we get ready for a fight. But of course, Jafar tells Jasmine how apparently our company isn't suitable for her. And instead, the heartless are. That is pretty messed up. That's 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 a low blow. But hey, he's a villain. Nothing he says should be taken to heart. But yeah, he actually just casually walks off the screen while we're stuck fighting the Heartless. And yeah, Jafar's pursuit continues, and we get stuck with that fighting. We get stuck with the cleanup. When on when in honesty, I think we should have just run. We should have just ran after Jasmine. Because clearly Jafar isn't sticking around. He's going after Jasmine too, but that's whatever. You know, it's these guys' first adventure. They're going to make some mistakes. That was clearly one right there. <laughs> uh, but, oh, sheesh. I forgot to mention this earlier, but Aladdin's home, which has a nice view of the palace, by the way. And it has a keyhole or two to unlock some of uh, the puzzling to traverse the city. And, of course, there's, I believe there's a couple treasure chests in there. And, oh, looky here, the magic carpet, who is for some reason chopped under some furniture, like a, not a dresser, but like a bookcase type deal. Not even a bookcase, but it's, you know, it's something of that uh, of that um, level. And he is fighting to get loose. He, You see him really struggling. He's He, he looks like he needs to get somewhere urgently. And it kind of makes you wonder, how did he even get end up there like how and why but i think it's just one of those moments where it's just for the sake of the game sometimes things just won't make sense just to make the game progress <laughs> which i'm okay with and it's just kind of wacky thinking about it but only we can help only we can help get this guy out of here so doing so after as soon as we do that you know we don't get a thank you we don't get a hug or anything like that he just flies off in a hurry which kind of you know exclamates no emphasizes i don't know what word i was thinking of emphasizes the fact that okay wherever he's going is important so depending on when you do this donald will either say let's explore the city more first if you didn't find jasmine yet or just to follow it because it looks like it's something urgent so like the majority of the cage worlds uh, they do such a good job at recreating these worlds we all have fallen in love with over the years so now we can leave the city and out into the desert to find what the or excuse me to actually find that the carpet 
is flying back to us from the outskirts of the desert. So I'd imagine in the time it took to get released, he flew out to Aladdin, realized, okay, they need help, and then found us, you know, found the guys who released him out in the desert. So the magic carpet's fast, which kind of makes sense. Um, so with that, he takes us to where we need to go next to help. And yeah, he's willing to take us to drum roll the cave of wonders, or at least the area of that when, and we then find Aladdin and Abu trapped in a sinkhole or at least what looks like a sinkhole and another batch of heartless are ready to attack us. Aladdin manages to pull himself out as he, as if he was just waiting for us to show off. Then he uses his first wish to get rid of the seemingly never ending spawning heartless. Genie comes out with a hilarious battle cry and poof, no more experience points for us. Uh, I was handling things just fine, Aladdin. Now you're out one wish. I mean, really. I'm kind of surprised he didn't pull off or pull the technically genie. I didn't say I I didn't say uh, I wish. So that one was a freebie because, I mean, it's clear the Cave of Wonders works differently in this game than the movie. But then again, that could be just because we saved it from being corrupted from darkness or will be saving it from darkness uh, momentarily. And it realizes we saved it and we can stop Jafar who put it in that situation I wish that cave tiger could have talked. It would have been really cool. It had such an awesome voice in the movie. But it seems like the movie story goes the same as the movie until roughly during the Cave of Wonders lamp part when the old man, who's actually Jafar, tricks him and leaves Aladdin to die. When you find out Aladdin actually pulled the switcheroo on him and he had the real lamp while Jafar had a dud. And he thinks, oh, Great, now he's trapped in the Cave of Wonders for forever. Um, but I'm kind of wondering, I guess maybe in this version, Aladdin manages to get to the surface without Genie's help this time around. And maybe the carpet just goes to get help. Oh, wait a minute. Why would he be at the home entrance to be... Uh, I'm making my brain hurt. I need to just stop thinking about <laughs> what is what and how it ties to the movie. It's a, it's a whole different thing. I don't know. Uh, but because I mean, it's either that or Genie just like brings them to the very entrance and then he just immediately goes back into his lamp, all for them to be stuck in the sand again. And Genie's like, well, I got you out of the cave. I mean, mostly that was that was the freebie for you. I don't know. It's just a lot to consider. <laughs> but it's clearly the first time he was in the cave because he says how he found the carpet and the lamp was there, too. So there's that. There's one assured thing there, at least. So Genie colorfully explains how his powers work. And I'm sad it's not Robin Williams, but I know him and Disney were having an issue at the time. But, you know, Dan Castellanet, something like that, Dan Castle, I'm going to say Dan Castle because I know I'm butchering his last name. But for those who don't know, I mean, most fans know by now, but that's Homer Simpson. I mean, you can hear it in his um, in his voice. Sometimes you can hear Homer. And that's not a bad thing. It never bothered me. I think Dan does a pretty good Homer. Uh, <laughs> I almost said Homer impression. I want to watch The Simpsons now. Wow. Um, Dan does a good 
Robin Williams impression, I think. I think he does really, really good. Um, even when, you know, he does those little Robin William mannerisms when he breaks into like some, you know, um, accents and stuff. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So as Aladdin is reminiscing of this wonderful girl he wants to impress, Jasmine, of course, Sora is reminded of how she is, uh, mm, I don't know, kind of in danger being pursued by a madman with a ridiculously curly goatee and his minions of darkness. But I do like how we did get this kind of foreshadowing how um, Genie asks, oh, what's your next wish, man? And then he's like, how about making me a fabulously wealthy prince, you know? gonna be prince ali like in the movies i really wish we got that it would have been really cool um i guess one cool thing to think about is if we got aladdin during the kingdom Hearts 3 area we probably would have gotten most of that story but as i've said before that's part of the issue with story uh with the story development of three is that they try too much to create the story of the movies beat for beat and it kind of sacrificed a lot of things but anyway i'm beating that like a horse dead horse that's not the right word. I'm sounding like a broken record. There we go. That sounds more accurate and not weird anyway. Um, and you see Donald's kind of curious. He's like, oh, any wish, huh? So then, of course, like I said, Jeannie colorfully explains the limits and how Aladdin has two, two wishes left. And of course, we have to urgently fly on the carpet to go back to the city to find and help jasmine and while we're doing this we get this nice little character development this nice little bonding moment how genie's just like oh man the great outdoors it's so great to be out here again and Sora asks him huh you uh you don't get out much do you and the sad reality of being a genie and it's kind of like the dragon balls basically you know you gather them you use your wish it's gone they separate i mean i'd imagine I don't, we never really see this because when Aladdin uses the wishes, he uses his last wish to free Genie. And then when Jafar, <clears throat> when Jafar is made a Genie, he's immediately taken to his lamp and not used as a, as a, you know, as an actual Genie because that'd be problematic. Like, oh yeah. Hey, Jafar, I'm going to use the wishes you're going to give me to free Genie. And then we got like four wishes or three wishes back. And it's like, no, he's going to screw you over with each one of those wishes. <laughs> Just because he's obliged to grant you a wish doesn't mean he's not going to twist it. So it works for him like typical genies do in um, the lore fashion, uh, folklore fashion. So, um, and yeah, when, when we see the one dude get the f wishes in the next one, I don't think he even got to use a third wish before the lamp was just destroyed in the lava by Iago. So we never really see what happens when you make the third wish. At least I don't think you do. Because, I mean, technically, the third wish um, Aladdin did would have probably done something. But it was a wish to set Genie free. So that, you know, that lamp was avoided. So that doesn't count. Um, but I imagine it do something like the i'd imagine it would do something like uh whatchamacallit i think the animated series talked about this too because i remember genie found uh, a female genie i remember that that was a good episode too like the female genie found a a little girl who granted her wishes and she was supposed to free her but then she ended up accidentally quote unquote accidentally wishing the genie be with her forever and 
it was kind of sad because that was it. That was just the end of the episode. Genie and the, the female genie were like, well, I mean, we're going to live forever. I mean, we, we just uh, we'll be together after after her lifetime. And it's just like, oh, that's kind of morbid. But I get it. I mean, it's 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 the truth. <laughs> but I do kind of wonder, like, I guess once that person's dead, then I guess the the wish is fulfilled, you know, forever until, you know, she forever by her logic is her lifetime. So I'm way off track here, but I, I, it's fine. It's kind of interesting. But I, I'd imagine once the wishes are gone, done, the lamp would just either fly off and disappear and go somewhere else random or whoever is next in line could use it because the next person, the original person wouldn't be able to use it anymore because they did their three wishes already. Oh man, that's a lot of rambling. <laughs> so yeah, Genie goes on to say he's lucky to see the light of day every century or two. And I really wonder, like, what's inside that genie lamp? And it makes me think of Sinbad and, and the... Shoot, what what movie was that? It was one of the classical Ray Harryhausen movies. And we get to see a genie... Uh, a genie's, like, house. And it, it was just a little, like, a little house inside the lamp. But, of course, with genie, he says it's, like, itty bitty living space, like he's, like he's cramped in there. But it's like, dude, you have phenomenal cosmic powers. You cannot tell me. You can't shrink yourself like Ant-Man and have, like, a whole facility of treats and fun in there. But, I don't know. I think it was just a way to kind of dramatize um, the sadness of being a genie. But, anyway... Um, so that's when Aladdin gets the idea of, you know what? I got two wishes left. How about I make one releasing you? My last one to release you after we save Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine, what? Jasmine. Um, and he says, yeah, it's a promise. And Jeannie's like, you would do that? And he's like, yeah, it's a promise after we save Jasmine. Now, it's kind of a bummer that we don't get the care, the kind of character development that we do in the movie where we kind of have this tangle where Aladdin kind of needs to use the third wish because his second one was to save his life when he got ambushed by the guards. I got to admit, the guards were pretty brutal in the first movie. They really did not like Aladdin. And it's like stuff like this is what I really wish we could have seen in in the game's version. But, I mean, at the same time, it's still what makes the movie special and still... We still have these nice little moments in the games too, so it's not like it's not like the games are bad because of it or anything like that. Fortunately, they're not. It's just it would have been nice to see variants of those, but it's good that despite that, you know, going off of what we saw in the movie, we can go into this game seeing still the bond Aladdin and Genie just have naturally. You know, some people just naturally have a bond that they do just talking and working together on stuff so all right so now we have now we have uh aladdin on our team and we can go through the city so eventually at the end towards the palace gates we can run into or excuse me we run into um we run into jafar and jasmine uh you're supposed to take a pit stop to your house to Jaff to um aladdin's house first to kind of just break down what's going on here um 
talking about like what we're doing here, how Jafar is looking for a keyhole. Genie brings up how he's heard about a keyhole like a dec a century ago or something. I think he said it's only been like 300 years or something. So apparently this dude is 300 years old or at least a couple hundred years or something like that. And um, it makes me think like, does he has he met a fellow Keyblade wielder before? I mean, it'd be really cool if they ever followed up on that. I mean, I guess you could use Union Cross because, I mean, that would technically count, I guess. But those were digital versions of those characters, which I don't think would count. I don't know if they would have those memories at all, which I don't think they do because no one ever brings it up. Unless they decided to retcon it. I got to look. I got to go back to Union Cross. I'm, I'm drawing blanks a little bit. But anyway, um, so then after we talk about that, kind of gather ourselves and figure out, okay, we got to figure out where Jafar is and stop him. Then we go to the gates and we kind of get the ambush on Jafar and Jasmine. Like they're, we, we are at the high, we have the high ground and we jump down and Jafar's just like setting your sights a little high, aren't you boy? And I'm like, was that a pun? I'm just not realizing that was probably a pun because we were up high and came down. So, and yeah, J Jasmine's she apologizes. Like you know, she, she's kind of sad that they're in this situation, and Genie is requested to save Jasmine, and that counts, unfortunately, as his second wish. And I say unfortunately because, unfortunately, as uh, excuse me, I say unfortunately because as Jeannie whisks Jasmine away and says, hey, one wish left, you're making this easy. Unfortunately, I'm saying that a lot. Jeannie, Jeannie's this wish, this wish is intercepted by Iago. Iago is able to swipe the lamp from Aladdin and then the lamp goes into Jafar's hands, which is quite of it's a quite an interesting lore uh, moment. So you have to have the lamp in your possession at all times until all three wishes are gone. Otherwise, if someone else has the lamp, the genie goes to them. Nothing else. Um, and of course, as we see, you still can get your wishes back once you have the once you have the lamp back in your possession. But until you do. The genie belongs to the person who holds the lamp. So, Unfo yeah, it's just almost unfortunate again, and I still said it. Whatever. Um, genie fades away, apologizing to Jasmine because he, or yeah, to why? Well, technically, apologizes to Aladdin, and yeah, because he has no power over this. He has to, even though he did technically save Jasmine in that instance, his power is Jafar's now. So Jasmine falls into this barrel and Jafar is just like ha, you're gonna die now bye bye <laughs> and just goes attack and we get this really cool like centipede heartless which is I, I don't like bugs so this boss fight is disturbing for me but I do like how it has um I forget what kind of bug it is I know it's a similar it's definitely a bug in real life are similar. It's based off a of bug in real life. So you know you have the front and the back end that are actual that that are the actual bug part. Then you got these pots in the middle, which is cool when you th when you realize you know pot spiders. So that's the other part of it. It's a it's a pretty fun fight, honestly. It's not like 
top tier or anything, but it's it's fun. And then, of course, with this fight, that thing bursts through all those barricades from earlier. So now you have a clear shot through all the rooms now. All the areas, rather. And, yeah, I mean, it's not really too hard. I usually just equip Arrow and just strike its butt the whole time. <laughs> but, man, when it turns on those feelers that, you know, once they touch you, they just hit you and hurt you really bad. It can get pretty fierce. But, yeah, it's not bad. And after that, after that fight, we... Aladdin's mad. He's, like, looking around frantically, just yelling out, Jasmine! And we hear... Jafar laughing. And it's just like, oh, you just love rubbing it in, don't you, Jafar? You, ah, oh, you and that curly beard. I don't know why I said it like that. Like it was a compliment. It's not. Okay, it kind of is. Anyway. <laughs> so, Aladdin already knows where they're going. To the desert. You know, let's go. So, we gotta go back to the desert. And that is when we realize stepping down, touching down, I should say, from the magic carpet, the ground rumbles. Okay. It's the tiger's head. It's the it's the Cave of Wonders. He's, he's, he's ready for us. No. Well, actually, yes, he is ready for us, but not in the way we would hope. He's ready to fight us. Apparently, the Cave of Wonders tiger head was taken over by the darkness and I kind of like this because I don't know why I never thought about this, but Jafar did this to pretty much just keep us out or at least to slow us down long enough for him to find the keyhole and do what he needs to do. I don't know why I just not thought about this. Like all these years, I just thought, oh, yeah, the, the heartless are around. It just succumbed to the darkness. And no, Jafar probably did that to it. And dude. This boss fight has never been more annoying than the than this last time I played it. Oh my gosh. I do not remember Proud Mode being this difficult in Kingdom Hearts 1. But to be fair, I was probably just underleveled. That was probably what, what the problem was. So, it's whatever. Uh, but it's it's a cool fight though. You know, we, we fight this just mystical creature of sorts. This guardian to just an unfathomable amount of treasures like it's pretty cool and he, the way he just kind of just spews out heartless from time to time you gotta attack his eyes to break the dark hold on it it's it's actually a pretty fun boss fight it's actually like one of my favorites in kingdom Hearts one for sure i would say probably top 10 honestly just because of what it is not necessarily the gameplay of it because the gameplay is very annoying, especially when it's shaking his head back and forth. But it's it's supposed to be a challenge. It's not supposed to be easy. So I get that. But yeah, after you do that, he doesn't really thank you or anything. He kind of he kind of just keeps his mouth open, and you you just you just proceed in. I I still think it's really weird. The tiger head don't talk. It really is weird. But anyway, we can go through the cave of wonders and. It's it's cool. It's really it's it's basic in a in a good way. I like that it fits. You know, it feels like it just feels right. Um, but mind you, I like the second one better. I think Kingdom Hearts 2's um, Cave of Wonders feels more mystical. It feels more well wonderful in a way. It feels like it is full of wonder. I guess I should say. 
Um, but nothing against one. I think it's really fun. And there's still a lot of fun to be had, especially when you think of the Trinity Marks, um, the different puzzles you have to do on the first level and below to progress. Like, you can't just go straight forward. You got to... Actually, can you? Wait a minute. No. No, you can't. Because if you go straight forward, there's a barricade and you got to go underground to knock a pillar loose so it drops a level. Then you can go straight forward. So it's pretty cool. So I do like that Agrabah has like... It, it basically has a lot of puzzles in it, kind of rivaling Hollow Bastion. Not quite, because Hollow Bastion has a lot of puzzles, but it's up there. I would say it's like the second highest puzzle-esque world. Like, Wonderland is almost there too, honestly, but it's it's nice. I, I like how they didn't make that. I, didn't, I like that they didn't make every world like that, but I do like that when they did have a world like that, it stands out. So... So, making through these areas, it's really fun. I do like how finding all the different treasure chests and just other rewards you can find here, it does feel rewarding, even when it's just like a random gummy piece or something. And I love the fact that you need Abu to interact with the statues, the the ruby statues, to have some of the platforms and other stuff move. It's funny because it's a nice little nod to the movie because it was, if I remember correctly, it was a boo that touched something. It touched like that, that ruby that caused them to have to flee in the first place in the movie. Like, um, it would almost cost them their lives. So it's a nice little gag. And also why I, I think, you know, for sure the Cable Wonders works differently in this game because one touch... Because in, in, the, in the movie, you had to go in and get one specific thing. If you left with something you weren't supposed to, you would be trapped in there forever. So, you know, you had to tell them, I'm going for, you had to tell the tiger, I'm going for this and this alone. Like, you weren't allowed to get anything else. Which is kind of cool. It's actually a really nice, like, story element and kind of like a, uh, what's, what's, I guess a balance of sorts that way you can't it, it's almost a way to test people like if you're truly greedy you would try to do that and then you get what you deserve you end up getting trapped i guess well i shouldn't say what you deserve because not everyone would deserve to i'm gonna leave that alone never mind <laughs> i'm getting too dark here so yeah of course someone who is more morale centric he would go for exactly what he means to and leave or if they're just smart in general they would do that so i guess it's kind of a gray area yeah so after traversing through all these fun activities we make our way to the main event where um actually before this before we actually get there jafar does ask genie for i believe this is his second no, it's his first wish, I believe. You know, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was his first wish. His first wish was to reveal the keyhole. His second wish is for Genie to crush Sora in the in the gang. And the third wish was to make him an all-powerful Genie. So. Oh. Maybe that's why Genie wasn't with us in the fight, because he was back on his lamp. He was back in, in lamp form. And that's kind of a, where, 
we'll talk about this in a second. Actually, no, let's talk about this now. So hold up. So that kind of explains why Ginny wasn't there during that fight. You know, because he he used his final wish. And then where's the lamp at, though? Like, was Jafar still holding it on his person? And then maybe the lamp just fell off him once he fell into the once he was taken into the lamp. But it's never like the the lamp is never shown during this sequence. So it's kind of like, where is the lamp? I guess we would have to assume that the lamp is on his person. Otherwise, um, maybe Riku would have taken it. But then would he even know what the lamp was to even take it? And then that have another issue in itself. So I guess we'd have to just assume that Jafar had it until he was taken into the lamp. Then we just got it back, I guess. Kind of funny. You would think Sora would just get the lamp or Donald or Goofy and just make some wishes. But, um, you know, before Aladdin uses his final wish, you know, oh, yeah, I wish we found Kairi and Riku. And, yeah, that's kind of a big plot hole but i guess that would make things too easy but i guess one one easy way to explain that away would be you know his powers can't work off world or at least the wishing part of his powers can't work off world because clearly since we're able to summon him we his powers do work to an extent off world but you know he's a whole different being at this point like when he's freed he's unshackled so yeah he can do whatever he wants at this point which is pretty cool. Um, so I think that's actually pretty cool. I, I guess that's one thing. It's such a bummer that we never get Genie to fight with us in these two big fights against Jafar. Like, you can't tell me it, it would have been, it wouldn't have been super cool to see Genie and Jafar just ref, just wrestling about, just fighting each other as we're like trying to help. Especially in two. Oh my gosh, I'm forever gonna be mad about that. So. Um, then we get there after that whole with first wish, um, we find out that Jafar is talking to Maleficent. Jafar kind of goes on to say how Sora is a problem. Mm, excuse me. And they talk about, Hey dude, like get Riku to deal with him. Like, why aren't you using him to do this? Like he seems pretty capable. And we get on the scene, and Sora's like, hey, you you look kind of ominous. Are you Maleficent? She doesn't pay him any attention. She just, <laughs> she's just like, peace, and just disappears. And now we have to fight Jafar. It's, it's yeah, we have to fight Jafar. And it's not just that. It's now Jafar and Genie, because Genie, like I said, Jafar's second wish is for Genie to crush us. And Aladdin pleads no, and, well, Genie unfortunately has to oblige. He says, I, I don't have a choice. I'm sorry. The guy who holds the lamp calls the shots. But, you know, since Genie is such a cool guy, during this fight, I love that he warns you, and he moves pretty slow. Like, Genie is never really an issue in this fight. You know, the, the main problem is Jafar. And I do like how this is one of those fun loopholes that genies can have with their wishes, and that's why you never want to have a wish done by Jafar, uh, as we saw in the Return of Jafar movie. Um, you know, he was told to crush them, but he never said when to crush them. So 
I love how Genie just moves around the map just casually, and as he's about to strike you, he like has one hand covering his eyes, and he's like warning you, "Hey, watch out!" And even when he attacks you, you get a bunch of health orbs. It's just like that's so fun. But yeah, Jafar's a pushover, and it's clear that he's not a fighter. He isn't. You know, he kind of plays on the offensive and or defensive, excuse me. He'll usually stay away from you. He'll usually blast you with those fire beams and stuff, and that's it. And it, but he can't get you in that wind that that, that uh, frozen vortex, which is pretty crazy. That can mess you up pretty fast. But I never get caught in that. I usually stay out of the middle the whole time. And yeah, we whoop him pretty easily. And he. He's not looking too good after this. He kind of disappears randomly. And then there's like this big crater in the ground next, which is, oh, no, 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 no. That's after the wish. Excuse me. Not, not yet. I'm jumping the gun here. So we think we defeated him. Um, we go examine Jasmine. She's not looking too hot. She's kind of knocked out. But we see the keyhole is right there. And... Um. I do love too the the lore of it how he says how he didn't wish to have the keyhole revealed to him, which is interesting because people who people only people who can um, if I remember correctly, excluding Tarzan's world because I don't remember how that went went, but typically only people who are close to the keyblade or just worthy in general can see the keyholes. Not everyone can see those. Typically, unless I, I, I guess I would say unless the world chooses to reveal them to you. And of course, the world wouldn't choose to reveal it to Jafar. And unfortunately, Genie was powerful enough to show the keyhole to him. So it's whatever. So after this, Jafar returns and asks for his final wish to make him an all powerful genie. Now, it is interesting seeing it this way because in the movie we had Aladdin convince convince uh Jafar to become an all-powerful genie because he just goaded him saying you know you got all this power but look at genie like he's more powerful than you you call yourself this big guy this hot shot and yeah it, it was kind of a bummer we didn't get to see that in this but at the same time in this one, you know, we're actually whooping on Jafar. It wasn't like that in the movie. So it's out of desperation. He's like, you know what? Genie, you're powerful. You're granting me all these wishes. Let me become like you. And I like the idea of how when this fight happens and we get that big crater of lava and stuff underground and we jump down and Jafar bursts out of the lava. I love that pant. I love that angle where we get this super close-up of the Keyblade. And, of course, I mean, I'm always rocking the Jungle King at this point. One of my favorite Kingdom Hearts 1 Keyblades. And he just bursts out of the lava laughing. And then we see Iago flying around with the lamp. And it's like, you know, Iago, you could just, like, fly away with the lamp. And then Jafar could just deal with them. It's one of those things where it's like, bad guys are so stupid. <laughs> Iago, you could literally just fly away with the lamp fly away to safety, and we would be basically screwed unless we managed to free Genie, then maybe we'd have a chance. But literally, the lamp was the only weakness to Jafar in this fight. We had no 
other thing to attack, you know? But yeah, Iago was just, for some reason, just flying back and forth. <laughs> and we are able to just unload on that um, on that lamp. And there's even times where he gets tired because it's so hot and stuff. And he has to lay down and he gives us more opportunity to just lay it on that lamp. So there you have it. Eventually we do that. And surprisingly, instead of, um, you know, being whacked and whacked and whacked by a mystical key, um, doesn't break the, doesn't break the lamp, but instead it weakens, um, well, I, I mean, you know, this is just gaming logic at this point and, and, um, you know, if this was a movie, it probably wouldn't have been like that. We just had to get the lamp and then say, Hey, <laughs> you forgot something since you're a genie, you have to abide by the lamp now. So back to your lamp, which is pretty cool that. Um, instead of Aladdin saying it, we got we got um Sora to say it this time. Now Jafar, back to your lamp, and of course the the classic animation of Jafar twirling down and going to the lamp and grabbing Iago on their way down. And that was a fun scene, but man, there's no beating the original scene where Aladdin really makes Jafar realize, dude, you do realize you messed up, right? <laughs> you now are trapped you have all this infinite cosmic power but now you're gonna have itty bitty living space you are a prisoner and I, I love the part where Jafar looks at his wrist and you see those bands those uh what am I call it it's just strapped to his wrist and he realizes oh I messed up <laughs> it's so good so after that um He's stuck in the lamp. We unfortunately don't know this at the time, but Jasmine's already gone. She's been kidnapped by someone who obviously was Riku, um, as we later find out. And we have to flee. The Cave of Wonders is unstable. It's closing. We got to go. And... Aladdin is not, he, he's not having, he's having a fit, understandably, like, where's Jasmine, like, she was, last we saw her, she was here, but we don't have any time, we have to go, and this was, this one is always weird to me, so, in the cutscene, they have no problem, in the cutscenes, they have no problem showing the four people on that, <laughs> on that, uh, flying carpet, but when we get to the game part of it, when we're fleeing the Cave of Wonders, you know, we're going through all those environments as, as everything's collapsing and stuff. Guess who's just on that carpet? Like, we all know. It's just Sora and Aladdin. Where's Donald and Goofy? Did we just leave them? Did they, did they fall off the carpet? I mean, in the manga, Goofy did, which was kind of, which was actually kind of funny, but... I'm trying to remember how this all happened, but I, if I remember correctly, the wishes did work differently in the manga. Like he used them differently. So I, if I remember correctly, Aladdin did use a wish to save Goofy because he was about to fall in the lava. But I always thought that was so weird. Like when I was a kid, I'm like, wait, where's Don and Goofy? Did we leave them behind? Can we turn around? But no, it just it was just a a gaming choice they made, just not to have. Donald and Goofy, maybe it was maybe adding two other characters on the carpet made it too glitchy or something. Maybe they didn't have enough resources. I don't know. It was it's a really weird 
aesthetic choice, but hey, at least by the time the cutscene plays again when we flee the, the Cave of Wonders just in time, they're all on the carpet again, so that's something. Um, but it's a fun little segment. You can actually, you know, get hurt. Um, I do love how chaotic it is from the pools of lava bursting up, uh, the, the pillars of lava, fire rather, um, different things falling, collapsing. It's, it's really fun. It, it does give you kind of a sense of urgency and you can actually die from it if you're not careful. It's at least I think you can pretty sure you can, especially if you're on a higher difficulty. So we make it out. Uh, we go back to HQ and yeah, it's Aladdin's not feeling too hot. Like we save the day. Yeah. But Jasmine's gone. And of course, as he's feeling, he's feeling really mopey, really down. Genie comes in like, dude, Earth, the owl, you have another wish left. Just say the word. Ask for you to find Jasmine for you. Ask me to find Jasmine for you. And I just love this. Like, Genie is, he cares so much for Aladdin that he's willing to give up his freedom to save Jasmine, to, you know, make sure they're happy, to make sure his friends are happy. Like, that's so awesome. And that's what I kind of meant before how while we don't have all these moments that the movies did to kind of showcase this friendship we still get moments like that in this game like that for instance so because in the movie the last wish could have been potentially used to have aladdin be officially a prince so he could marry jasmine and you know genie was willing to give that up there too but of course just like the game and just or i guess the game just like the movie rather Aladdin makes his, you know, he's true to his word and releases Genie. And fortunately, it works out for both of them in the end. So, um, Aladdin, of course, you know, he, he pauses. I wish for your freedom, Genie. He, he does pause. He kind of, you get a little bit, a little bit of suspense there for some people. I'm sure mostly everyone realized he wasn't going to wish for Jas- Jasmine to be, you know, for to for him to find Jasmine. And we get this nice little nice little moment where Genie gets his legs, his bands are gone, and he goes he does this oh like this Thundercats <laughs> like this Thundercats oh thing. It's it was kind of funny. Um I don't know, it just made me think about that. Um and yeah, he's free. And Aladdin goes on to say, dude, you're free now. I a promise is a promise. Now you're your own man. You can you can do whatever you want to. You can see the world. But if you can, it would be great for you to f- go with Sora, Donald Goofy, and find Jasmine. And it, w- it, it, it sucks, though, because at first, Aladdin does want to, you know, he does ask to go with Sora, Donald Goofy at first to help find Jasmine. But the whole world order thing, you know, he they can't bring him with them, which is kind of funny that they can't bring him, but they don't mind bringing Genie. But I guess it was kind of a a middle ground because Genie is like a, a mystical kind of guy. So he can kind of just do whatever he wants. Like, it's not like they could stop him regardless. And they clearly already know now that, you know, outside worlds and stuff. And plus, who who's going to tell no, who's going to say no to Genie? And who's going to say no to Aladdin after, you know, this whole thing? And dude, Genie is 
hands down the best summon in both games. Come on. <laughs> Who can say no to this guy? <coughs> Excuse me. So Genie turns his back and says, I'm sorry, Al, but I'm done doing I'm done taking orders. But a request, a friend's request of that. I could do that for sure. That's not his exact words, but I'm, I'm glad how he worded that. And yeah, and he said, after all, we're friends, right, Al? And you get that classic chuckle of Aladdin as he smiles in the camera. Or actually, I guess the, the scene fades in on that smile. And it's just like, oh, so good. So good. So at this point, we get the Three Wishes Keyblade. And then we unlock um, Genius as Summon. And now we are able to do, I believe, Green Trinities at this point. And of course, every time we go back to Aladdin's HQ, he will always say, please uh, find Jasmine for me or something along those lines. And there's not much else left in Agrabah to do uh, besides some trinities you will be able to unlock later on and a secret boss I can't wait to talk about later on. But there's also the merchant. The merchant apparently appears a couple times throughout the story of Aladdin. Um, I think maybe once or twice at his home and then once before the secret boss fight. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much not quite at the halfway point. Actually, no, no, no. We are at the halfway point. Aladdin is the halfway point because that's the second ring, second and final group of of worlds. Because after this, what is there? There's Monstro. There's Halloween Town, Atlantica, um, Neverland, and then Hollow Bastion, and the final world. And yeah, so that's, yeah, we're, we're at the halfway point. This is exciting. This is really cool. We're really getting through these. And it's it's fun because there's so much to talk about. And I feel that there's a lot in my mind that is really great to expand upon with these games, uh, with these stories, rather. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this little outing. And as we talk about this game in future installments, I definitely want to bring up more, especially with the movies. And I do want to rewatch some of them, too, and kind of bring up more things, like especially The Return of Jafar, because I don't remember much about it. And I do know that with Kingdom Hearts 2, the story for that was loosely inspired by the Return of Jafar, but not by a lot. Um, for the most part, it was still an, an original story. And the Return of Jafar wasn't even until like the second half of the game. And it wasn't even, it was very short-lived. And that was kind of a bummer. Because, you know, Jafar, he's a, he's a genie. You know, he, he, it's kind of a bummer they didn't really use that to its full advantage. He kind of felt... He still felt like a pushover, <clears throat> which clearly he wasn't in the second movie, but it's whatever. So, all right, next up, we'll be going back to probably, I don't know. I know usually we have like in between these episodes, we do something just Kingdom Hearts centric. I don't know what we'll do, but I'm sure by next episode, I'll think of something fun. But if not, we'll just go back into the retrospective. We don't have to do these um every other every time because clearly i haven't in the last couple episodes <laughs> so ah 
This has been your favorite Heartless. And until we meet again, there is more to seek. So go forth and seek it. Ah, the curtain call. The door to Kingdom Hearts is closing for now. But never forget, there may be darkness in every heart. But Kingdom Hearts is light. Special shout out to Melanin Senpai on YouTube for producing the dope track used in the intro and the outro here. So do be sure to send Melanin Senpai some love on YouTube by liking, commenting, all that good stuff, subscribing, and the link to their channel is in the show notes below. Um, as long as my other stuff to my link tree to all the other projects I'm working on, like my Instagram, my other podcast, AOK, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, do be sure to give it a rating if possible, subscribe and or follow and share it with others so we can spread the darkness. I mean, the, the light together, of course. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, do be sure to either send comments or questions via the rating or via Instagram at I am dot I escape or at your favorite heartless at gmail.com. Every little bit helps. And I love talking to my listeners. So until the door to Kingdom Hearts opens once again, this has been your favorite Heartless. Now come, open your heart.